welcome to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high-impact life. Now, here's Rick. Welcome to the Point of Impact podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel, and it is great to have you joining us again today. Have a real special treat for you. Somebody I've known for like 25 years and has a fantastic writing ministry as well as a marvelous leadership role at National Community Church in our nation's capital. Mark Batterson is here with us today to talk about his new book, Win the Day, and probably uh, we'll get into some other things too. We'll probably run out of time before we ever run out of material. But Mark, great to have you with us today. Hey, Rick, good to be with you. And we go way back, my friend. Yes, we do, man. We really, we really do. So let's just jump in and let's just start with, man, I read the book. It's just absolutely fantastic, filled with oh, just marvelous material. And at the end of this uh, broadcast we'll, episode, we'll talk about how you can get the book because you definitely want to get this book. But just tell us, what was the genesis of this idea, you know, win the day? Well, Rick, whatever goal you're going after, whatever problem you're trying to solve, whatever habit you're trying to break or build, you know, it's going to happen one day at a time. So uh, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm a big believer in life goals. You know, I have a hundred life goals, but you've got to reverse engineer those life goals into daily habits. That's, that's where you win or lose. And so the working theory is, Almost anyone can do almost anything if they work at it long enough, hard enough, and smart enough, but you have to do it day in and day out. And so really the, the challenge is, uh, is pretty simple. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is mystery. You got to win the day. And if you do that enough days in a row, um, I, I think you can accomplish things that are actually beyond what you would ask or imagine. It's, it's an incredible concept. Of course, I love this phrase, so let's just say it again. You can accomplish almost anything if you work at it long enough, hard enough, and smart enough. And, man, it's just exciting to think, you know, you could accomplish almost anything. I think you're on to something there. But, again, it's, it's got to be done day by day by day. Now, when I read this book, I have to tell you, just as a fellow author i was so impressed by the amount of stories that you have the way that you just weave in all of these great 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 stories to just help people to understand and support better uh, what you're trying to to bring across and so i just have to ask you somewhat selfishly but i think other people be interested because people love stories how'd you get so many great stories <laughs> well, he, here's the uh, the backstory, Rick, and and you know this about me that for me writing is not a natural gifting. You know, when I was 22, I, I felt this calling to write books, but at the same time, I took a graduate assessment that showed a low aptitude for writing. In other words, whatever you do, don't write books. And so I figured. I better read some books if I'm going to write some books. And uh, I ended up reading 3,000 books before I wrote one over about a 13-year span. And so I, I mean, let's make this painfully practical, Rick. When I read a book, I don't have great recall. In other words, I can't remember things verbatim, but I have a system. Uh, I underline, uh, I asterisk. I circle, I upper dog 
ear and a lower dog ear. So there are kind of five levels of reading books. And what that allows me to do is if I have five minutes, I can go back through those lower dog ears and I can get the things that I felt were like level five important. And so what I do then is I weave a lot of that research, a lot of that reading back into a lot of the books that I write. Well, that's there's a system for you folks. Uh, but I, I have to say that all of that is predicated on one foundational principle, which is you got to do a lot of reading. <laughs> you, you do. And, you know, Rick, I the average person spends 142 minutes on social media, which represents 15 percent of our waking hours. And I want to be careful here. I'm not I'm not. uh uh, what do they call it? A Luddite. I'm not anti-technology. I use social media, but I'm not sure that I want to spend 15% of my life living virtually through other people. I, I started leading, started reading before there were smartphones, before there was social media. It's amazing how much you can read in two hours and 22 minutes a day. Uh, and so it really comes down to how are we going to invest our time? And um, it's certainly overused, but that doesn't make it any less true. Leaders are readers. And so I have learned to discipline myself just to spend more time reading than I do on social media. All right. Well, that's a good lead in then to talk about something that I think really is crucial uh, when you talk about the daily routine. I mean, to win the day, and you know, again, your book goes into some great principles, but just share with our listeners today, just take us through your daily routine and just show us how you win the day. Yeah. I, you know, I love asking that question of other people. I find it fascinating because I want to hack their habits. So I'm happy to share, uh, some of mine and, and I don't want to pretend that I have everything all figured out, but th there are a couple of things that I'm pretty religious about. So, um, I'll give you one example. I, I feel like, I mean, habit number one is flip the script. And for me, you know, and I know listeners might be a different place in their faith journeys or might have um, different ideas when it comes to faith. For me, uh, the Bible is a book that is my script, uh, and I think Scripture is the script cure. And so a daily Bible reading plan is critical for me. It's how I set the pace, set the tone at the beginning of the day. And so what I do is uh, I set my alarm clock. I'm usually up at 6 a.m. If it's a writing season, I, I might be up a little bit earlier than that. And uh, my office is right above Ebenezer's Coffee House, so I get a, a small latte, two shots, because the Bible reads better with caffeine. And then I have it stack. I mean, I sit down and I do my daily reading with that with that latte. And then that kind of starts my day on the right foot. Honestly, Rick, I, I feel like that's how I win the day. I, I, if I can do that, I'm off to a good start. And, uh, and then my, my work day begins after that. Yeah. So in other words, you prescribe to this kind of, uh, thinking that, you know, it's how you start. You have to have a good start to the day. And if you have a good start to the day and which again, makes absolute sense. I've often talked 
uh, about finishing well, I'm, you know, I'm sure you, you do as well. But when I think about win the day, you know, you finish each day well, then you finish each week well, then you finish each month well, and then you finish each year well, and then you get to the end of your life, it's finished well. And I think it's the same thing you're talking about then. Just like start the day right, get those, stack those habits, and just get the day going, and you're going to win that day, and you're going to win the week, and then you're going to win the month, and you're going to be on your way. Yeah, you know, I, I love it. That's that's bullseye. And the one question I would ask uh, of those listening, uh, what time do you set your alarm clock for and why? It, it's the why question that I want to poke at because I think a lot of people set that alarm clock to the the last minute possible to get up, get dressed, and get out the door. And I'm not sure that's how you attack the day. I'm not sure that's how you win the day. I, I think sometimes we we feel like we're behind the curve. But anything that any goal that you're going after, the idea is reverse engineering it. You know, I, a couple of years ago to celebrate a miracle in my life, I had asthma for 40 years. Um, and then I didn't have asthma because of a miracle. And so I ran the Chicago Marathon uh, to celebrate that. Well, I didn't just go out and run the marathon, Rick. I would have pulled a hamstring in, on mile one. Um, I had to, I had to download a training plan, reverse engineer it, figure out, you know, how, how many training runs, how many miles, and so after seventy-two runs, four hundred and seventy-five miles over six months, now I'm ready to accomplish that goal. So it really is that that daily discipline but it starts with that big picture and working backwards i got a lot of things i'd like to ask you and i hope i get to them but i've got to because you've said it already a couple times and i just sense that this is a big thing for you in your book you talked about you wanted to be a writer uh college uh, some college evaluation obviously missed it but they said you probably wouldn't be able to so you read a bunch of books and you use this phrase reverse engineer which you've used a couple times already so this is a big way you do things so can you just unpack that for a moment for the folks that are listening today what do you mean by reverse engineer and just show us how maybe you've done that that people might be able to apply that to their own lives yeah i'll, I'll use writing as an example when I read a really good book, and there's some authors that I love. I I love the way Malcolm Gladwell writes. I love the way Adam Grant writes. Uh, I love some classic authors like an A.W. Tozer. Um, if I have an author that I really resonate with, I don't just read the book. I, I reverse engineer it. What I mean by that is this. I will actually study uh, their endnotes, Rick. And I'll figure out where they got their original source from. And I'll go back and read the original source. I just did this with a great book by James Nestor called Breathe. And he referenced some 1863 obscure book. Uh, I went and got that book because I want to go back to the original source. And so I'm doing two things. One, I'm, I'm seeing the way that they write. And so... You know, if people read Win the Day, uh, I'll, I'll put my cards on the table. Th there's going to be a story or a study, something from history, something from science, 
or something that I just find really interesting enough to put in a book that's going to open almost every chapter because I, I think um, I've seen that with authors that I like. They hook me at the beginning of a chapter. And so I, I try to do the same thing. And, uh, and I really study the way that they're framing a story or the way that they're sharing a study. And, and, you know, Malcolm Gladwell, for example, so good at cross-pollinating. Or I love science writers who can put it in layman's terms. And so, Rick, that's kind of the long and short of how I approach reading and writing. And uh, that, that's a little bit – that's me popping the hood and uh, sharing some of how I approach it. It's super helpful because, again, you can reverse engineer anything that you want to be successful at, and I think uh, getting an example like that, I have to tell you, I, I'm just trying not to chuckle because what I, I went to your end notes and I stopped counting when I got to about 400, and I was like, <laughs> wow, this I've never written a book with more than 100 footnotes. This is super impressive. And then I was looking, where did you get some of this material? Where did Where did you come up with this? So, yeah, I understand that's uh, – that's that's the way to do it for sure. You have a, a, a powerful question that I believe Matthew Barnett gave you a pastor out in uh, Los Angeles that, of course, fits perfectly with win the day. And it simply is this. Can you do it for a day? Can you do it for a day? So what do you what do you mean by that? What could you challenge people listening today with? Can you do it for a day? Yeah, it's it's such a powerful question because I've never had anybody say, no, I don't care what habit you're trying to make, no matter how hard it is, or what habit you're trying to break, how hard that is. Anybody can do anything for a day, and we get too focused on yesterday or tomorrow and, and so it is this idea of living in daytight compartments and kind of breaking it down. And, Rick, a great example of this is um, AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. They are so good at putting this into practice. It's why you get a 60-day chip or a 90-day chip and, and you have a daily meeting. Like you have to have this daily check-in, this daily habit. And then over time, it becomes a part of your rhythm and your routine. And so, you know, the, the estimates vary. I think it's from anywhere from 21 to 254 days that it takes to establish a habit, which kind of makes me chuckle, you know, because I think, uh, what is it, you know, 50% of studies are made up or something like that, you know. Um, but it is, you have to do it enough days in a row that now you have this default setting and, and now you have the momentum of some wins in your back pocket. And so AA is a great example of that. What we have to do is find ways to integrate that uh, into our personal lives, whatever it is that we're trying to accomplish. Great, great stuff. So in your book, you have these seven habits, all of which are fascinating. And, and again, you got to read the book to know it and really understand it. But there's something that you talk about, and again, it just piggybacks on what you just said, which is you talk about marking special days and you talk about symbols, sort of you know, marking special days and really like special symbols that you sort of mark as well in your, in your life. And I'd like you to just share a little bit more with our listeners about that today, about some of the special days that you have 
marked why why has mark marked these days and, <laughs> yeah you know and and just help help people to because i think it's i think you're onto something powerful there share share with us yeah and and i share a few examples that aren't personal in the book that are really inspiring to me but i'll give a couple of uh of the highlights you know for me july 2nd uh, july um 23rd 2000 uh it, i mean rick it could have been probably should have been the the death date on my tombstone I, my intestines ruptured had emergency surgery was on a respirator for two days listen i celebrate my my real birthday november 5th but i celebrate july 23rd even more it's like a new lease on life it's I, I, there's just a gratitude about the gift of life and I need to mark that day that I went in for what was almost the, the last day of my life. And so I call it my second birthday, and it adds, it adds meaning to my life. Now, a, another example is July 2nd, 2016. This is a day that I prayed a, a bold prayer. And again, I realize that there are probably different, different thoughts on – well, doctors would call it uh, – spontaneous remission but literally i i have not touched an inhaler from that day to this day there weren't 40 days in 40 years that i didn't take a puff of my rescue inhaler in fact about averaged at least probably uh 12 14 puffs a day i mean i slept with it under my pillow played sports with it in my sock and so that miracle july 2nd is is my healing day and that's an incredible day uh, on the calendar for me. And so I, I, I am simply doing what God instructed the Jewish people to do. Um, I don't want to turn this into a class on the Old Testament, but there were these three pilgrimage festivals where you would go and travel to Jerusalem. There, there was a, a warp and a woof to the rhythm of life in Judaism and I think that's that sometimes is missing from our personal lives. And so the idea is just to be a, a student of your own life and mark those days that have significance and the lessons uh, that you learned in the process. I think we do. I think we do need rhythms in life. And I don't think modern culture is very uh, receptive to it. And we have to create it for ourselves. I like when you share in the book, probably because my youngest son's birthday is June 26th, about John Rockefeller and how he marked that as job day when he got his first job mm. and one of the wealthiest people that ever lived marks the day that he got his first 50 cent an hour job. That is yes. another one of your, your great stories there for sure. So then if that's sort of one side of the coin, the other side is this idea of life symbols. And I remember Bill Hybel said to me one time, you know, the way you decorate your office, what you put in your office that will remind you, you know, these symbols that will remind you. I mean, I'm looking right now at the reproduction of the giant painting that's in Springfield, Illinois, uh, at the Abraham Lincoln Museum, because Lincoln is such an inspiration to me, just his life, leadership, what he stood for, all the things that he did. And you talk about life symbols, and uh, just tell us a little bit more about why that's a good thing, and it's just another way to help you win the day. Yeah, I love it. Um, I, uh, I I had never heard that, um, what Bill Hybel shared with you, but my, my office is like a show and tell. 
uh, from second grade. I mean, I, I have, I am surrounded. Um, I, there's an old hubcap, uh, sitting, sitting here from a, a car that I drove that had 220,000 miles on it. Cause I was a member of the junkie car club, but I, you know, I've got the, uh, the liquor bottle that we found in the crack house that is now Ebenezer's coffee house, which always raises a few eyebrows. Uh, I, I've got the, uh, uh, bathroom sign. Yes, I stole it from the movie theaters at Union Station that closed down, but it's where we met for 13 years. Uh, and so they were going to throw away that sign anyways, just to clarify right there. Um, and then uh, I've got the cow pasture in Alexandria, Minnesota, a picture of it. I went back there and took a picture because that's where I felt called into ministry. And so, Rick, I, surrounding yourself with things that symbols from the past that give meaning to the present and direction for the future is so critical. And this is as old as the Shema. This is the Jewish people um, putting symbols on their foreheads, on their door frames, uh, on their clothing. And, and so finding a way to, uh, shall we say, accessorize your life with life symbols, I think is, is really a critical part of the book. And uh, hopefully will help people uh, do that. And the fun thing, Rick, is those are as u- unique as each one of our fingerprints. Sure. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So you talk about uh, one of your uh, trips, and I love to do these same sort of adventure trips. And you went down South America and uh, on this little Sprite can, another day, another adventure. And I'm a huge believer. The other pastor, Rick Warren, says that life is a test. I don't deny that for a moment. But I also think life is an adventure. And an adventure to be experienced and and the book of acts is sort of a story of the church and his adventure. So just help us to, to understand as somebody who's had some pretty cool adventures in your life, why life is an adventure and why we should pursue that adventure while we're winning the day. Yeah. Well, I, I live by this little mantra. Don't accumulate possessions, accumulate experiences. You know, I've met a lot of people possessed by their possessions. They, they, they don't just own things, things own them. And I, I think all the toys are going to go back in the box at the end of the game. And so why don't we accumulate experiences by taking those God ordained risks by, by living the adventure of a spirit led life. And, uh, and so, Choose adventure is one of those little mantras that drives me that, uh, you know, at some point, Rick, I think most of us stop living and start dying. We stop creating the future, start repeating the past. And that's the moment you, you, you start dying. And so I want to make sure that I steward every day. And uh, I think part of winning the day is this mindset towards life that it is an adventure and I, I want to squeeze the orange. I want to squeeze as much out of it uh, as I possibly can. Really powerful. We have a tendency to remember what we should forget and forget what we should remember. And that, man, I tell you, years working with people, that just rings so true to me. How that happens with so many people, how they're stuck on the things that they should have forgotten, that they can't change in the past, and they forget the those experiences that they can remember what, you know, what made you 
pen that line? Is it your own experience with people? Yeah, it's the fact that so many people get stuck in one or two or three experiences from their past. And so, you know, the first part of the book is really aimed at we've got to we've got to bury dead yesterdays. If you don't own the past, the past is going to own you. And so let's deal with it. And uh, and then let's move into the future. You know, Rick, things happen in our lives when we're seven years old or 11 years old or 14 years old. My question is this. Do you really think that your seven year old, 11 year old or 14 year old self was really able to remember that the right way? And so you have to you have to do Um, some memory work, some memory management so that you're pulling the right lessons from the past because, um, you know, if, if you don't, you're, you're going to get stuck in guilt or you're going to get stuck in regret. And so you've got to find a way to get past that and make sure that you're remembering the right things. And, and I might say one more thing on that note, not just remembering history, but you have to remember the future. And what I, what I mean by that is this, don't lose faith in the end of the story. And I mean that about your life. And then for me, I go to the back of the book and by the book, I mean the Bible. And I have to remind myself that, uh, that there is an ending that we are aiming at. And so I would say, remember the future. You know, you, you, um, you talk about success, even though to me, the whole book, of course, is this is how you have success in life. You win the day. But I like where you talk about, you know, success never goes on sale, which is so true. You've got to put in the work. And there are different times in the book where you really kind of say that. Now, you're a guy who's known for praying big prayers, having big dreams, seeing God do some great things, certainly believing in that. But at the same time, you are somebody, especially, I think, again, in this book, you're making it clear. You've got to put in the work. So just encourage everyone, Mark, if you can, as we finish up, just really that, you know, what, what, it, what it takes, what you have to do. You, these are habits, but you have to do something with them. Yep. You, you, if you try to cheat the system, you're only cheating yourself. And there just aren't any shortcuts. And I think um, the good news, though, is this. You you overestimate what you can do in a year or two, but you underestimate what you can do in 10 or 20. And I really believe that if you do little things like they're big things, in my experience, God has a way of doing big things like they're little things. And so it's about focusing on the inputs. Don't worry about the outcomes. The, the outcomes belong to God. You focus on the inputs. And uh, if you do the right things day in and day out, in my experience, God has a way of showing up and showing off. Now, it's probably going to take longer than you want, and it might even be harder than you like. But we'll, uh, we'll end on the same note that we started, Rick. Almost anyone can do almost anything if they work at it long enough, hard enough, and smart enough. And so I think the challenge is, Win the day. Yeah, great stuff. Great stuff, Mark. So here's the book, Win the Day with Mark Batterson. Is there anywhere you would direct people to get your book or or any other resources, social media, website? Share with us. Yeah, if uh, if folks want to go to markbatterson.com, 
Uh, there's a sample chap chapter that can be downloaded there as well as um, pretty fun trailers, some messages, uh, some value adds. There's even seven steps to setting life goals. If, if people want to uh, set some life goals, I walk through the process that uh, I use to set those life goals. And so all of that would be available at markbatterson.com. Great. And of course, you can get the book other places, I'm sure, wherever books are sold. But I think if you want that extra value added stuff, that's the way to go. Mark, thank you so much for taking some time to be with us today on the Point of Impact podcast. We really enjoy talking with you and God continue to bless you in all of your many endeavors. Hey, thanks so much, Rick. God bless. Okay, God bless. So much good stuff there, friends, for you from Mark. And, and again, you're, we're really just kind of scratching the surface when we talk about what we talked about today with Mark. The book is where you can dig into the seven habits and really learn more. And I just really encourage you to do that. I, I think that you'll benefit. I know I, know I did. And uh, I write these same type of books. And it, it's, it's a really good book. So I encourage you to, to get the book and I think take advantage of the resources that are on his website. And again, I would just say to, to all of you that are listening, oh, thanks for listening. Subscribe to the podcast. Let's see if we can't reach more and more people uh, with these episodes. And as we're interviewing more people, that people will want to hear some of those marvelous interviews. We've got more upcoming, as well as me sharing on different topics uh, that I'll be talking about in the weeks to come that I think can really be helpful to you, reflect on the pandemic a little bit and uh, look into some other fun, fun sort of topics. Uh, so uh, give us a five-star rating, share on social media and other ways about this podcast, and uh, look forward to having you join us again next week on the Point of Impact podcast. You've been listening to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.